I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. If this is your first time tuning into the show, hello and welcome. This is the show where I talk to fellow actors about bad auditions, good auditions, things that have gone awry, things that have gone great, and everything in between. I don't have much to say at the top of this episode. I've been pretty busy with school and a couple projects that I'm working on and, um, you know, just been been grinding, been hustling. I'm working on some really cool stuff that I'm I'm excited to share soon. But until then, my lips are sealed. <laughs> um, I have been reading a whole lot lately, which I've been very excited about. I'm currently reading the Shadow and Bone series and the Pink Carnation series, and um, they're both fantastic and lovely, and I keep flip-flopping between the series, and, you know, it's been fun. Today on the show, we have Sydney Michaela. You may know her voice from Kibo and the Age of Wonder Beasts. She plays Wolf on that show, which is on Netflix. She is also Trina on General Hospital, and it was a great joy to talk to someone so young and so insightful, and I'm really stoked to see where her career goes and all that she accomplishes. So here is my conversation with Sydney Michaela. Welcome to the show, Sydney. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. 
I'm so excited to meet you. You know, my my mother is still a big General Hospital fan, so I see you on the TV every once in a while, and you're so fantastic on the show. Thank you so much, and tell her thank you so much for the support. It's been, you know, it's it's a huge show. My grandma watched it. Uh, my whole family grew up watching General Hospital. It was always on the TV during the yeah. day. Mm-hmm. So did your family grow up watching uh, soap operas as well? Uh, my family's actually, you know, specifically my mom, they're big Young and the Restless fans. So they know yeah. of General Hospital, but yeah, yeah, I feel like you have to focus on one because they get so complex. But I remember once seeing Victor Newman in an airport and my mom just freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. When I was a kid, I was on Days of Our Lives and it was the same thing. My mom had never watched it because she was always a General Hospital fan. Huh. There you go. You gotta just never one. know. <laughs> So what, um, you know, you're on this show, you're on General Hospital. What is it like to to work on this show at your age? You're still a teenager, right? Yes. Um, honestly, I feel like, you know, it has really improved my maturity as an actor, being surrounded by so many experienced actors and just, you know, soap operas are really fast. It's like, you know, one take, maybe two if they have to. So I think it's really forced me to be on my P's and Q's and just be prepared at all times. That's good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a yeah. great training ground for for actors and that's I always say that soap operas are amazing because of that. You get yes. to really work your craft and know what you're doing. Absolutely. I definitely feel like I'm ready for anything because I've been on a soap. <laughs> I love that. And you're also the voice of Wolf in let me make sure I'm saying this right, Kipo and yes. the Age of Wonder Bees. Yes, that is it. Actually, when I first read the script and like I was in the, you know, uh, not producer session. When I finally booked it, I was like, uh, is it Kippo? And they're like, it's Kippo. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, they're going to fire me. Like, this is so <laughs> humiliating. First day on the job and I say her name wrong. But it is, oh, no. it is Kippo. You got it right. Most people Woo. say Kippo. So I, I, but yeah. That's so cool. I, I watched the first episode and it's so cute. Yes. What is it like to to voice such a large character on, on a show that's kind of like an, it's almost like an anime show? Yeah, it is. I really enjoy it. Hopefully I get to do more um, specifically anime stuff in the future. I think it would be really fun. But just in general, it's really different than what I've done before, especially what I do on General Hospital. So it's really fun just to play an action-packed uh, 10-year-old. And I just find it so interesting when I get roles like that. Because I'm like, you know, I really don't ever hear it. But when you see the animation with your voice, you're like, oh, I can see that. And how that character kind of manifests itself, you know. So I just, it's really cool to see it all come to fruition. That's so cool. I always wanted to voice an, an animated character like that. It's just so fun to watch your voice be with those images. Yeah, I mean, if there's any time to get into voiceover, it would be now, you know this new wave of doing voiceovers at home. Like I'm doing big group sessions these days at home. So I think wow. now is really the time to anything from audiobooks to video games to stuff on any channel. Like the yeah, animation's really popping. So for you or anyone that's listening, if you wanted to jump into voiceover, now is definitely the time. That's so cool. And so you play uh, Wolf on the show and mm-hmm. you're supposed to be 10. So do you age your voice down a little bit or do you do your regular voice? Um, so actually I did a deeper voice because Wolf always had a deep voice because she's like this tough survivor, which is interesting. I also did the show, started when I was 12 though, so, but as I got older, they just wanted me to do my regular voice, but yeah, surprisingly, most of the voiceover stuff that, you know, I get and I've been getting 
is like usually in my deeper register. They usually don't want to hear me up here, which is interesting. It's very that is interesting. But I feel like for for women especially, our voices are a little higher normally than than men's voices. I think kind of. I know my voice is very high. Sometimes I listen to myself and I'm like, oh my god, you sound like a ten year old. This hey. is not good. Yeah, no, no, it's true. I definitely like you're like, okay, again, but like that's so high and we can barely hear the words. I'm like, oops. <laughs> so you know, it's, you gotta learn, you know. You gotta learn. So tell me how you got started in this industry. You're clearly on such a great path right now, but what made you want to become an actor? Well, my mom was an actress, so she put me into the business when I was five and I just kind of stuck with it uh, ever since. Uh, that was a short story. I feel like you wanted more meat in there, but I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it. That was pretty much it. That's great, though. So how did your mom get you in? Did she just get you an agent and you started doing, like, print stuff, commercial stuff at an early age? I'm not really sure. I remember the first job I had was Yo Gabba Gabba, and I just kind of kept uh, working from there. I think it's really not hard to get an agent when you're a kid because it's not like you're old enough to be able to memorize a monologue or anything. So you go mm-hmm. in and you just – going to office and they picked you I definitely think that's how it was for voiceover too because I remember going in kind of like what's happening I don't know what's going on <laughs> and then uh my agency was like can you sing and I started busting out in song they're like all right you're with us and I'm like I don't really know what that means but thank you so <laughs> I love <yeah>. that. <laughs> what was um you started at such a young age. Mm-hmm. What was the first job that you remember being like, wow, I really love doing this? I would say doing the Gabby Douglas story with Miss Regina King and Gabby Douglas was just so life-changing. I mean, wow, everything from going to Canada to missing fifth grade for, you know, six weeks. Um, <laughs> but it was really all just so fun. So many good memories. And I really hope to work with everyone again from that movie. And I feel like I just have a feeling that we definitely you know, I've been seeing just so many awesome projects pop off. So I'm like, I definitely hope I get to work with everyone from that cast again. Just such a good experience. And you mentioned working with Regina King. I mean, mm-hmm. that must have been just like mind-blowing. I yeah. feel like she's one of those icons, especially right now. I mean, she just had One Night in Miami and she was at the Oscars and it was amazing. And it's just like, it's so cool to watch women's careers just explode right yeah. now. Yeah, what, what do you yeah. – I mean, how was it to work with somebody who's, like, an icon in that way? Well, I think she's really relatable, which I really appreciate. I know she's telling me, like, she's actually friends with my acting teacher, Miss Wendy Raquel Robinson, um, mm. which I was like, oh, that's so cool. And we ended up having gone to, like, the same elementary school, which was really crazy. So we were really interconnected, I, I think, more than I expected. She also gave me some really great advice. Uh, you know, we were doing close-ups for the movie. So close-ups, well, just for those who like are listening that don't know, you know, the camera will be on one person and not necessarily on the other actor. But she was saying that regardless if the camera's on you or not, to always give your full energy and go full out because when your scene partner looks good, you look good. And that yeah. is just something I've really carried with me. Like, wow. Like, I never thought about it before, like that before. But what a great it's, way just to go about it. Yeah, it's really funny that you – mention that because I was thinking about that earlier today. I don't know why, but I was thinking about how um, how some actors, especially when they get more popular, mm-hmm. will choose not to do the scene if the camera is on the other actor. And I just yeah. think it's such a, such a bad thing to do to other yeah, actors because horrible. it's like you, 
the whole the whole acting experience is sharing something with somebody else in a scene right right. and that connection and if you don't give your full when the camera isn't on you then they're not going to be able to give their full too right and that's you know what she said really stuck with me and I think her being able to be so attentive and such a great scene partner has really helped her to dive into other things like you said one night in Miami was absolutely incredible because she Mm -hmm. understands the importance of chemistry and you know scene partners and work and you know partner work and teamwork which I I really appreciated throughout the movie I don't really feel like one character stood out but it was just like everyone had their individual stories that kind of came together yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and I think I think you know an actor has you know that that keen sense of awareness about Mm -hmm. those types of things. And that's what makes them such great directors and producers because you're able to say like, hey, I've been here and I know what this person needs to be able to get this scene done correctly. Exactly. Exactly. So you're so young and you have so many things. I mean, you're you're a baby to me. (laughs) But you have so many things that you're doing already. Is there a way, like a certain way that you want your career to go or certain things that you want to accomplish? Mm, That's a good one. I do want to get into producing. I think that's just really important and really great. You know, acting is awesome. But what people don't realize about acting is like, you know, 50% of the time, it's really not even off your talent. And now, especially with social media and followers, it really isn't based off talent a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as great as it is to be trained and have skills, it can also come down to, you know, did she have the followers? Did she have the right height, the right this, the right that? So I do want to get behind the scenes eventually because it kind of gives you a little more of a steady path. You don't always have to be at everyone's like, you know, whim. Is is she good enough? Do we like it? Do we already have what, a brunette on the show or something? You know, it's so out of your control. So I think that'll just be fun to delve into eventually. But I love acting too. So yeah, I'm excited. It's, it's definitely, it's hard to be an actor. And it's just, it's always mind boggling to me that after so many years of actors and this business praising actors with all the award shows, right. that we're still so reliant on everybody else to make a decision for us because we don't get to make those decisions for our own career. Mm -hmm. So I think it is important, especially nowadays, like it's so simple to put together a web series and shoot something with friends or a short film and just start getting it into the markets or really, I mean, you can even do a feature film for like $15,000. Like there's, there's ways to do things. And I think it's important that, um, especially young actors like yourself start creating because you guys are the next generation of voices. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it definitely can be kind of weird. And like, you know, I was just seeing that today when I watch shows sometimes I'm like this, even though they're in high school, they don't look or talk like high schoolers. Like this is so (laughs) unrealistic. So just things like that, that hopefully when the younger generation does kind of start coming into more power, we'll see more realistic representation of a lot of people and age groups and demographics in general. I hope so, too. It's so funny. When I was your age, I was watching 90210, and I was thinking, how in the heck am I ever going to be able to be on a TV show with teenagers when 31-year-olds are playing teenagers? And now that I'm 28, I'm still going out for teens, which is insane to me. It's insane. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, it really does make me uncomfortable. I didn't understand it when I was younger, but now I get it. My mom and I were really talking about how they push, I feel like, sex scenes so much when the children are like, what, are supposed to be 14, 15, 16. Yeah. 
it, it you know what I mean? Like no, most of these shows aren't set in college and it is really uncomfortable and it's kind of just weird how it's like pushing the line, but it's also like, you know, babies. And so it's yeah. definitely like interesting. I, I mean, I guess I can at least appreciate that they're trying to use older people, but I, you know, again, that's why I would just love to get into producing because I think there's just so much more of a story you can tell and you don't really have to delve into the sex, you know, to make it a good story, you know, to make it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's true. That's how I feel. I mean, there's this film that I did right here. Um, we struggled so hard to get funding and backing because it wasn't about a girl having a bunch of sex or on drugs right. or an alcoholic. Right. There right. was it was just a regular person, and there's not a lot of those stories. So I I think that you're you're on the right track here. Yeah, and you're gonna make something cool. Let's, yes, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> Do you want to write or direct as well, or do you want to stay kind of on the producer side? You know, I think I could stay on the producer side, but eventually I think that I would delve, you know, into all of it. I'm really hoping, you know, when I get into college to kind of just look into, you know, maybe some, a few film classes or just get some notches under my belt. But I, I think once you kind of get to be behind the screen, you actually have some power, you can really mm -hmm. delve into any of the roles, in my opinion. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you're an actor, it's kind of like, okay. But when you get to producing <laughs> or writing, then you can kind of start calling shots. So, you know, it's I true. just gotta, I gotta work my way, I gotta inch my way up. But when I do, I'll be there. So are you going to go to college? Are you going to take time off from acting and go to college? Or are you going to do both at the same time? I'm going to try to do both at the same time. I've told my mom, if I, I book something big, I'll wait. I will, you know, if it takes me six or seven years to finish college, because I book something huge, that's just not a big deal to me. I've never understood the rush of trying to finish in four years because then it's like, go back home. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's, you know, whatever opportunities come first and whatever is just right in the right moment and the right time, I'll be there for mm -hmm. But, you know, right now I'd also, I'm going to, you know, college and that'll be fun too. Yeah. I never finished college because of booking things. And so now I'm back in college, but I feel like doing college kind of in these separate years and separate spaces has allowed me to really realize what my interests are outside of the entertainment industry right? and what I want to study. Yeah. And that's great too, to find yourself and find your own path. I think that's supposed to be what college is all about. So, you know, yeah. hopefully everyone will find that in their own way. Do you know what you want to study? Are you going to study like mostly film stuff? Or are you going to do something different? sociology actually very yes random. girl so yeah um sociology is the study of people for those who don't know <laughs> and um I, I think I just really wanted to have a broader perspective of society if when I did produce because I just felt like that's really where the accurate representation comes from is understanding the history and demographics and what's happening happening currently and having a mm -hmm. you know well-rounded perspective of everything and I, I think that's really where authentic work comes from um but it's also just a very versatile BA degree which kind of just kind of worked out and I hear it's super easy which is just <laughs> icing on the cake because uh man sounds yeah. great high school is <laughs> stressful so I'm ready for just a little bit of a break just a I love that I love that um okay so on this show we like to share stories from auditions that have gone awry or good things um do you have any audition stories that you would like to share with the world Ooh, oh man oh there are so many 
like I'm just trying to think. I've had the luxury of not having to audition as much because of General Hospital, and I mm. hate auditioning. It's so, <laughs> I have so many. I don't know. I, I think one that was kind of crazy is that I kept auditioning for Nick Cannon. He kept having this, like, it was this supposed to be Nickelodeon series, but they had, mm. like, seven or eight auditions. That's not a specific experience. But it was just really weird. I'll never forget. And I just kept going, I'm like, that's Nick Cannon. It was so weird. And then they never called me back. I don't even think the project ended up going anywhere. Because I'm a pretty- No way. Yeah. So I was like, what? It was just, uh, yeah, I- I'm not really sure what that was about. Um, I also wow. can say I've gotten to the final stages for pretty much every Disney show that has a black girl that has been on screen or like was. <laughs> I've been fine, like final three, final four. Yeah, that's definitely difficult. Like, uh, but yeah. it's, it's totally fine. And I'm really appreciative now because 18 year old me loves Disney. I think Disney's awesome. Um, so I do love Disney. So I was, it's so cool to be on a Disney show. But I think where I'm at now is definitely better, not better, but I'd like to be on General Hospital. I think that fits yeah. where I'm at at this moment. But yeah, that was definitely difficult to get to those final, you know, when I was younger. That was like my big yeah. dream. So. Right. Well, and especially for like kid actors, it's kind of touted as being like the number one thing that you need to book. If you're right. going to be successful, you need to be on Nickelodeon or Disney. End of mm-hmm. story. That's just basically what you're told. That's what they mm-hmm. sell you. Exactly. As a kid. So then when you make it to those points and you don't get it and you're just like, are you kidding me? I was this close. Oh, okay. This is a story then. that That's actually a good segue. So <laughs> there was an audition and I'll just say, it, I can actually say it probably. It, it was for Bunked. They are on their fifth season now. So congratulations oh, yeah. to Disney and everything. But the character I was going for, they were like, she's from New York. So I was like, oh, I got it. I got mm. a professional dialect coach and I got the most authentic New York accent I could muster. And like I said, mm. I made it to the final, so I was doing good. And right before I walk in, they go, oh, yeah, and cut the New York accent. <gasps> I was like, wait, like right before I go in. And I was like in the waiting for like two hours. That was crazy. I was like, okay, okay, don't do it. Don't do this. Don't do that. You have five seconds to go in. That was insane. I still think I did pretty good, though. That was pretty nerve-wracking to go in. And oh, like, my God. <laughs> Was, was your crazy. brain just like firing on all cylinders? Like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, but do do that, but do don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of like, wait, what? Wait, 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 wait. Like, it was crazy. I know they're probably just busy, so I, I completely understand. But that was a pretty insane experience. Like, you literally oh my right God. before I stepped in, they're like, cut it. Okay, and it's oh no, (laughs) especially when you make it because when you are testing for something, for those who don't know, it takes like or when you get to those final moments, it's it's a lot of different auditions throughout different times. They could have told you like during the callback to cut it. (laughs) Yes, that that was a pretty insane. But I'm you know I'm grateful for it. I feel every experience really just uh, you know prepares me. Something will come up where I will need. (laughs) that new york accent so that's right that's right <laughs> i love that what um so what what do you have next are you, you're still doing general hospital do, are you doing another season of of uh kipo that is sadly wrapped up they're in they oh, no. ended with season three 
Um, but I'm Maya on um, Craig of the Creek, and uh, I play Olivia in The Barbarian and the Troll, which is on Nickelodeon on Friday, so that's really fun. And um, I have some other super exciting stuff coming up. I have no idea how long it's going to take, but as soon as I can talk about it, I will, because it's just like, I'm so excited to talk about it. So, so excited. Oh, my God. Well, as soon as you know and as soon as you're allowed to talk about it, come back because I'd love to have you. Yes, I'd love to be here. This is very fun. <laughs> and where can people follow you on social media? Uh, they can follow me at official Sydney Michaela on Instagram and Sydney Michaela on Twitter. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a joy to talk to you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Sydney for coming on the show and sharing her story with me. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. If you don't already, go follow us on social media. Those links are in the show notes. And hey, we post really cool IGTVs every week exclusively from these episodes. And you get to see us talking face-to-face, Zoom-to-Zoom. It's pretty cool. So tune in there on Instagram. And tell your friends, tell your family, and as always, thanks for coming in. Have you ever watched a futuristic sci-fi movie and wondered, but wait, could any of this really happen? And will I live long enough to see it? That's what our show Hypothetical is about. I'm Carrie Bechet, and on this podcast, we ask what-if questions about the future, like... What if we could read minds? What if the world's digital data was erased all at once? What would happen if the Yellowstone supervolcano erupted? Then we explore that question two ways, through speculative science fiction and through dialogue with brilliant scientists. The result is a genre-bending narrative that's interwoven with real facts provided by literal geniuses. And, spoiler alert, a lot of the science fiction out there, it's not nearly as far-fetched as you might think. Come time travel with me into the future on Hypothetical. New episodes on Tuesdays available on all your favorite podcast apps. Just search Hypothetical. That's H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L.